The Tefl Commute, Season 6, Episode 6, in which we wrap up our season with a little bit of fun. Hi, everybody. My name is Lindsay Clanfield, and I'm one of the hosts of the TEFL Commute. This is a podcast for language teachers that's not about language teaching, but the topic always seems to come up. Um, this episode has turned out to be something a little bit different. Sean and I knew that this was the last episode of our season, and we record this usually around uh, December, around the end of the year. And it's a time of year when a lot of people are thinking of a fun activity for class, trying to find a fun activity just before people break for the holidays uh, or for Christmas or whatnot. Uh, and that got us thinking we'd be wanting to do an episode for a long time on the whole topic of fun. And when do language classes stop being fun and become real work? What is the line between work and fun? And a whole bunch of stuff. And Sean wanted to interview somebody about this topic, someone uh, who had been giving talks on this exact topic and asking some of the exact questions we'd been asking ourselves. And the interview turned out to be so interesting that we think it warrants an episode almost in and of itself. So. Uh, for the rest of the episode, we're going to hear uh, Sean's interview with Diana England. Okay, so I'm joined today by Diana England, who uh, lives in uh, Portugal, someone I've known for many years, uh, Director of Studies uh, of IH Donna Tavardras, and now uh, IH Lisbon Teacher Training Centre, because it's been an exciting year for her. And um, I'm talking to her because um, I began the year by watching her do a talk uh, where she basically dismissed fun. Um, <laughs> she's done the talk a couple of times, and it's now got the, the enticing title of Why Should We Be Taking the Fun Out of the Classroom? So, Diana, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Morning. Hello. So um, we're doing this podcast, Chris, Christmas is coming, and uh, social media is already getting full of teachers going, has anybody got any fun Christmas activities? And I, kind of after having seen you talk for a couple, uh, this, do this talk a couple of times, I, I kind of think, I wonder what Diana would say about that. So let's, let's get started. How do you feel when you see all these teachers going, have you got any fun activities for Christmas? Is that something that makes you cringe? Um, well, you, you makes me sound, you know, if I'm going to say, oh, I, I think it's a, I don't agree with it. You know, there shouldn't be any fun in the classroom. Makes me sound as if I'm a bit of a Scrooge, but I mean, I'm not. Um, I think there's much more to teaching than just fun. But of course, at Christmas, you do want your students to in. To, to have fun and to be going out to their lessons, their last lessons on a high. So I've got nothing against with with uh, teachers asking for last lesson activities, which are uh, more lighthearted at all. But I do think uh, that there is more to, to teaching than, than just fun in the normal scheme of things. I, I guess, I mean, you're, like me, you're a teacher trainer, and one of the things that always annoys me in observations is when the teacher says, um, okay, let's do this exercise, then we'll move on to something fun. Yeah, uh, as if it's some kind of reward, you yeah. know, they've had this kind of very painful learning experience, and if they, they behave themselves, or if they've, they've worked 
well, so to speak. You know, you're going to reward with them with with something that's, uh, you know, just a bit light-hearted, cheap, thrill, fun. So when you no, say we should be that. taking the fun out of classrooms, you don't actually mean like fun, uh, full stop. So how would absolutely you? So not. what's your absolutely what's your definition not. of fun in this case? If we if we're saying uh, we don't we want to take the fun out of the classroom, um, how does fun define? Because I think uh, for me, learning is fun when it's hard, uh, but you don't mean that, do you? Yeah, learn, yes, learning. Yeah, but what what makes that sort of fun? It's more. It's not just a sort of a cheap laugh and a cheap thrill. It's much. It's a much deeper sense of uh, fulfilment and satisfaction and a sense of achievement. I think that's what you mean when, or people might mean when they say that learning is fun be when it's hard. Um, but uh, for me, the, the why I I I suppose I react against teachers that say they want some fun activities is is the um, is the fact that it 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 can appear to be. Um, not principled, not particularly well thought out. You right. know, they just want to to grab something that may make them come across as a a kind of a fun teacher that may get them kudos with their students. Ah, uh, that's that's interesting. You said that. Uh, one of the things that I was reading on a lot of sites is that teachers do fun things because it makes them like. Well, I suppose what I was trying to, what I've been trying to do is to kind of tease out the difference between fun and enjoyment. You right. know, they're, they're, they're not. They're not uh, equal. They're, 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 of course, there's overlap, but I do think there are differences. When I was preparing the, my, my session originally, I went to um, uh, some dictionaries to find out some uh, definitions of fun and enjoyment and some idiomatic uses of fun and enjoyment. Okay. Okay, so you've got examples like um, idiom, like it's not all fun and games. It was fun whilst it lasted. The kids made fun of her. Time flies when you're having fun. We were only having a bit of fun. Um, we went on a picnic just for the fun of it. You, can you see that in those examples, um, this is very unscientific, but in those examples, you know, fun appears to be something that's sort of temporary, that it's trivial, light-hearted, um, that, you know, it can be almost at the expense of someone else. Right. Um, if you're, if you're not, you know, in, in those examples I've given, I can um, see, I can see where you're coming from. But um, I, as I said, I was, I was reading this study. Uh, the author, uh, the author of it, basically said that that fun is important because it lead, because it's a social need. In, in in all those examples of your idioms, it's kind of social need. It's fun, the fun was there, but but the social need that leads to creativity, it leads to people feeling comfortable, um, and even to take risks. And I was thinking, well, in, if I put that, I mean, they were talking obviously about fun in society. There. But all three of those things, creativity, comfort, and taking risks, are attributes for the classroom, aren't they? So yeah, but I'd like to add in an important modal verb. <laughs> it can lead. Okay, right. It can. It's not, it's not, nothing automatic. You know, I'm going to do a, a fun activity, therefore my students are going to be better risk takers. Therefore, you know, they're going to be bonding socially better with yeah. each other. In fact, you could argue done badly or unthinkingly it could be the exact reverse absolutely no, results, I see, I see in fact it reminds me that yeah, we'll go back to the observation I tend to write in the observation notes when somebody says uh, okay we're going to do a fun activity my, my notes tend to say fun for whom uh, because yeah. obviously fun, yeah, 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 fun yeah. Is, a, is a very different thing I, yeah, very just different. go I'll pick up on something that you uh, you seem you were kind of mentioning fun and enjoyment um, this paper that I read um, it was very interesting because again when they did the research with the, the 
the students and they were getting the, the responses. There was like 80% of the students said fun, 50% uh, of the students said enjoyment. And there was this one thing that, that resonated with me because I know, I know you, I, I'll get on to the point with you in a moment, it, but it was 2% of the respondents said they did not experience fun in the lessons, but they did experience enjoyment. And I think um, that reminded me of you again, because I remember clearly in your talk, you made a very um, a very clear distinction between fun and enjoyment, which you kind of just mentioned. But could you tell us what that distinction is? Yes, I think, um, you know, as I said, on the one hand, you know, if we're going to be completely binary and black and white about this, on the, on the one hand, you've got fun, which is worst, can be um, a momentary cheap thrill. Uh, and on the other hand, the other extreme, enjoyment, do, is more uh, long-term, giving a sense of satisfaction, of engagement, fulfillment, achievement. Um, and if you think about, um, if you go back and think about your, um, your when you were at school and a teacher that you, or, or lessons that you enjoyed, um, they might not have been teachers that were, you know, ostensibly loads that, that were funny, funny. In fact, the funny, funny teachers might, you know, put your back up, uh, you know, because maybe they were laughing at you. Um, whereas there's kind of lessons that you that you might remember are enjoyable, not because you were necessarily laughing, but because there was an inner sense of um, a deeper sense of, of fulfillment, I think, in the long it, run. It boils down to psychology in a sense. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. I think so. You know, and you you were referring earlier to um, sort of the uh, the creative it can it, you know you said it leads fun leads to uh, social bonding and taking risks and creativity, and I said it it can lead. Yes, yes. yes. So it, it, this can is is very much to do with the the how we perceive things and uh, how we deal with things psychologically. Um, and Jack Lumby um, refers to uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's Mihai's um, concept of flow experience. Um, and this, this happens when people are absolutely in, engrossed in an activity um, and the following conditions apply. So where they're completely engrossed physically and or mentally, their concentration is deep, they know what to do, how well they're doing, they're not worried about failing, time passes by quickly, and they're not distracted by problems outside the activity. Uh, it's interesting, because we were talking, in the in the previous episode, we were talking about um, digital games, or like where we'd play um, digital games in the in the classroom, or with students, and, and this concept comes up a lot, they, they get lost in the flow of I the think activity. That's how I would... Uh, I think it's a question of uh, ultimately of, of uh, something being thought through, principled, uh, where the activity and activities that you choose are move are helping move the learning forward, rather than just as a class um, um, a mechanism for control and classroom management or for buying students' favour, I suppose. I get yeah. what you're saying. In, in a sense, one is actually short-term and one is long-term as well, yeah. by, by what you're defining there. Mm. Uh, it kind of leads me to, uh, um, um, again, some more of the reading I was doing. Uh, 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 presumably a, a, a UK state teacher, state school teacher called Chris Hildrew. He has a blog called Teaching and Leading Learning. And he's got this, he's got this really interesting blog post uh, on the, called The Importance of Enjoyment. And, and in that, he, uh, and I'll, I'll just, if I get the quote right, he said, enjoyment needs to be nurtured 
Ooh. or it will flicker and fail. I, I presume a sentiment that you would agree with, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you, you can't just sort of... That's why I, I suppose I, I would question a, a teacher that might say, um, can I have something... Have anybody got something fun I can do uh, uh, with my, my teenagers? And I might be thinking, well, are the rest of your lessons boring? <laughs> uh, you know... Um, but it, it, I guess it's a psychological thing in a teacher thing because yes. you know a bit, I mean if, you know oh, I've made my students do this grammar exercise on the passive. Let me, as you said before, reward them with a with a fun activity. Yeah, yeah, and and in terms of the nurturing, I mean it, 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 that implies that you have an interest in your students as individuals, not as just language learners, but as people that you're looking at them and thinking, what is the thing that seems to motivate them, that's the thing that they seem to um, enjoy and, and what sort of turns them on in terms of the language learning process or the learning process. And you're, you're then um, uh, providing activities, devising activities in the classroom or tasks that, that will help them to... to uh, towards this sense of enjoyment and achievement, and it's not just a one-off thing; it is an ongoing thing. Um, okay. And, and come back to Sorry. something you were saying. Um, uh, 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 even the most apparently boring activity can be made enjoyable. For example, um, a keyword transformation. You know, of course, it can be extraordinarily boring just to get students to do keyword transformations in class. Hold on, hold on. Just define keyword transformations oh, sorry, for, sorry, for sorry. people that don't might not know what they are. Okay, so imagine, for example, in a, a, a pet for schools activity or a, a first certificate um, uh, use of English, where you've got a first sentence and then a second sentence with some uh, a gap. Right. And you have to complete the gap uh, with uh, a number of words um, so that the second sentence ha has a very similar meaning to the first sentence. I get it, right, yeah. Okay, thanks. So you're, okay. talking, so you, so you're talking about how to make these uh, more enjoyable, yeah? Yes, yes. I mean, you can, obviously, to me, the most boring, the students do it individually, and then you just go through the, 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 the answers with the students. Alternatively, for to make it more enjoyable, you could get the students to um, work through it individually um, and then get the students to test each other to see if, so student A reads out the first sentence and then student B has to see if they can remember how this, the, what the second sentence is and if they get it completely right, then they, they award themselves a point. So it becomes... Uh, a collaborative competitive activity right 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 that's just one simple uh, example of uh, how you uh, you another example might be of um playing beat the teacher where you um the teacher uh, has for example um a list of uh, words that they think the students won't remember or won't know how to spell and on the board the teacher writes um, a, a little grid with uh, uh, two columns, the teacher's name in the first column, and then you, meaning you plural, the st students in the second column. And every time the student, uh, for example, the, the teacher gives a, a definition of the word, and then if the students can, to, can say the, get the right word, then they get a point. 
Um, if they get the word wrong, then the teacher gets a point. If they, uh, the teacher wants them to spell the word and they spell it correctly, they get the points and vice versa if they misspell it. And students love that kind of uh, um, playing against that. that the it, teacher, for me, okay, that's then. a positive means of uh, uh, competition yeah. because the, the person that's likely to, to lose, hopefully, is going to be the teacher. <laughs> because that, that shows that there's good learning going. although if you're like me and they're ultra competitive you're, you're not going to let the so students win whatever changing a kind of a simple spelling or vocab test into something that's uh, yeah, fun but there's a deeper sense to, to, to it I think you know it's related to the to the topics that they're, they're or the, the, um, the lexis that they've been studying it's uh, building social bonding but not against each other, but against the teacher, like if the you teacher. like. And yeah, the, um, yeah. So I think that in that respect, it, it, there's a sort of a sense of enjoyment as well. So going full, so uh, so basically, then I could just write down all the uh, all the Christmas words that I want to introduce into into the lesson, and uh, my Christmas lesson could be that. In, that exactly one one idea indeed. Here you go. Okay, so we're coming full circle then. So we're not really taking the fun out of Christmas. Uh, we are um, we're just changing it uh, so it's slightly more long term and might more enjoyable as part of the learning process. Is that what we're yeah. agreeing on? Yeah. Fair enough. I think okay, this is, it's a really interesting uh, talk uh, uh, chat we're having here. But in the interest of we uh, of the commute, we should uh, draw it to to an end. So I started with Christmas is coming. And we started with the idea that uh, teachers are looking for fun activities. I presume in your staff room, then you provide them with lots of enjoyable activities. Absolutely. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. Um, I can just give you a couple. Please. Uh, yeah, please do. Yeah. Uh, so um, this is quite an easy activity to do. So there are lots of Christmas, you know, jokes, little two two line jokes, like, uh, you know, obvious ones to us. You know, how many letters are there in the alphabet? Uh, 26, no, there's 25 because the, the angel said no L. That's oh, yeah. the variety, you know. Um, and uh, you, you, this is suitable for like a B1 level upwards. You can find lots of uh, uh, loads of these jokes on the internet. Um, and you can ha select them according to the actual level of your students and get the students to match the uh, first part of the joke with the second part of the joke. Um, I've done that as a mingling activity where they've got uh, the uh, different parts of the joke on, on cards and they find their partner and then they practice their, their joke, uh, they rehearse it, memorize it and then they uh, act out, if you like, their joke to their peers, the other people in the class, uh, for, for them to groan and laugh. Um, you can also get the students to, to video themselves telling those jokes as well. Um, so that's, you know, one, one e exercise that you can do. Um, of course, um, uh, and another uh, uh, activity I've done with a higher level advanced students, you know the game of uh, Happy Families, presumably. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a Mr. Baker? Yes, that's right. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, in the early, in, there's a shop in, in, in the UK called the Early Learning Centre. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they sell happy family games, but they are based on uh, uh, Christmas car, Christmas character, Christmas features, and Christmas characters. Right, right. So uh, there's Holly, there's Christmas cake, there's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, there's Santa Claus, etc., etc. 
Um, but it's very Western, very UK based. Um, and I uh, have a, a, a lesson plan where I show the students those cards um, and we, you can do the vocabulary on in, in terms of those cards and then get the students, uh, give the students this, this situation that the company that makes these cards is, um, wants to create a set of cards that's more suitable for, well, in my case, uh, Portuguese um, uh, people. Yep. Um, so the kind of the kind of images and icons of, Port of of Christmas that are more relevant to Portuguese people. And so I divide the, the class into um, groups, and they have to desi decide on uh, eight different uh, uh, icons relevant to Portugal. Some of them, of course, will have an overlap, like Father Christmas will, will inevitably appear in, in, a, in many uh, different cultures. Um, but there are other uh, uh, aspects, that, for example, the food or other traditions uh, that will be different. So they decide on the eight uh, different icons. They decide on the rationale. They ju have to justify as well as actually design them. And then they present to the the other people in their, the other groups, they present their, um, they, they pitch, basically, they pitch their their, um, their decisions, and then uh, we, we vote on which is the best set of cards. Nice one. It's a, so it's basically, it, it is a, that's a whole lesson kind of project, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, link, yeah. link into people that are doing uh, for a certificate or people who are, are studying towards uh, advanced as well in, uh, in terms of those speaking part three collaborative tasks. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Got to explain, agree, disagree, justify. Not only has this been a really enjoyable interview, I, I, I avoided the word fun there, but I've also, you've, <laughs> also, you've also provided us with the end of pod activities already. So that's, that's saved us work. That's brilliant. <laughs> so uh, on that note, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Anna. A really interesting conversation. Have an uh, enjoyable Christmas. And, um, and, I, and I know that And we'll a lot that. of fun as well. Have some fun as well. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're back. Well, I'm back at least, and I'm joined again by Sean. Thanks very much, Sean. Hi. Yeah, it's weird just to come in at the end of an episode. I know. I know. I, was, I know. I, was I know. We're trying, episode, trying new things. <laughs> I know. We're trying new things here. Innova innovation um, in series six. Who would have thought it? <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. Well, we are innovating to a certain extent, but I know that you thought that a season of Tuffle Commute, especially approaching towards the holidays and the Yuletide time, would not be complete without you subjecting me, <laughs> subjecting me, I repeat, to some seasonal jokes. Well, I mean, it was, I mean, it, actually, you'd have got away with it, but of course Diana brought it up in her interview, and she was, she was talking about how this was, how, how jokes were going I know, to I know. I know. So, as soon as I heard that, my heart began to sink, and so I, I thought, thought I'm not going to escape. Well, I thought, you know, I don't know if we'd even done it for the whole. No, I don't think we have. But it was, there was this moment of, oh, I can do jokes with Lindsay, and it's got a purpose. It fits into it. So here we go, then, Lindsay. Right, seasonal, all seasonal right. jokes. These are all jokes, and I did. Uh, they're not just uh, any jokes. These, according to uh, the Daily Post.co.uk, are the funniest cracker jokes of the moment. Okay. Oh my God, cracker <laughs> jokes. Okay, let's just explain to people if you are listening and you aren't aware of a cracker, a Christmas 
Christmas cracker? You want to gloss it a little bit there? A crack Christmas cracker there, Sean? Oh, a Christmas cracker toilet roll with a joke in the middle wrapped up that you have on Christmas dinner. There you go. How's that? That's right. Wow. A toilet roll. It's a bit, it's a bit of cardboard wrapped up and people pull it. I mean, I say this because living in Spain, no one ever has seen crackers here and and my wife's no. family in France had not seen them either. Anyway, you pull it. It makes a kind of crack sound. you got a little paper hat that you put on your head, maybe a little crappy toy. Yeah. And most importantly for this case is a little piece of paper, like a, a fortune cookie style paper, but with a joke on it. Yeah. Although, of course, the cracker is just a precursor to the Christmas Day fun, which is how long or who can keep the hat on the head the longest. Um, but who can keep the hat on the head and who can tell the worst joke? <laughs> All right, worst joke. Oh, my God. So here okay. we go. Here we go. What do stone men wear on their heads? Um, uh, horns. Uh, 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 Christmas hats. Snowmen? <laughs> So men, these are horns. Uh, so, Lindsay, obviously, ice caps. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> here's a political Christmas cracker joke. How will Christmas dinner be different after Brexit? Um, uh, no champagne, no French cheese, no, ah, no Brussels. You're almost there. No Brussels. <laughs> no Brussels sprouts. Okay, that's actually not too bad. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, oh, wow, I got my one. Uh, what did Adam say the day before Christmas? Something. Oh, where's Eve? Is it Eve? No. Oh, uh, no, yeah, go, yeah, you're almost there. Well, I love the fact you, you, you can, you've started trying to work these out. Uh, so what did Adam say the day before Christmas? It's Christmas, Eve. I haven't, I haven't even had the benefit of, of, a, of, a, of a Christmas dinner to, to like help these, help these go down or hot wine or wine, or brandy, or anything. Okay. Uh, I, I've, got, I've got quite a lot of this. I'll do a couple more for you. Uh, let's have a look then. Uh, why did no one bid for Rudolph and Blitzen on eBay? Two, uh, two reindeer f- for listeners. Why did no one bid on Rudolph and Blitzen on eBay? Something to do with red noses? No, I don't no, know. No, because they were too dear. Come on. Oh, my <laughs> Okay. Last one. Last one. Last one. Last one. Last one. What 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 goes oh 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 (laughs) and that's O H O H O H O O O Oh it's like it's like Santa Claus like Oh nearly Santa walking backwards. There you go. Cracker jokes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. I think we're done. Are we done, guys? I think on that, we're probably done, aren't we? Uh, so um, have a good uh, festive season, everyone, and we'll see you for season seven in the new year. Yes, indeed, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. And uh, have a good one, everybody. See you next year. As your commute is coming to an end, here is an activity you can take into the classroom. Well, actually, since Diana mentioned a number of activities, your end of pod activity is to use one of them. To help you, Diana has given us a lesson plan for her Happy Families game. You can download it from our website, tevilcommute.com. You've been listening to The Tevil Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at templecommute.com.
Oh, oh, oh.